Welcome to Let's Talk Soul Business. Today is a special show. As announced in show 16, the first one of our second season, I was going to reflect a bit with you on what I've called my winter sleep. So for those of you who don't know, I will share a bit with you what my winter sleep was about, why I decided to go for a winter sleep, how I even came up with the name winter sleep, and what my main lessons were. And obviously I will also share with you how did I know that that it was over, or maybe I'm not even sure if it's over completely, but for now... Let's just talk a bit about what I want to take from my winter sleep in my normal routines again. So that's what today is about. It's all about me and that feels a bit weird as well because normally I talk about my guests and with my guests. But many people have been asking me to share a bit more about this. So this is the platform that I will be doing it with. And please share with me if you have any other questions that come up that you would really like to know. And I am more than happy to dive into that a bit as well. So let's dive into my winter sleep. It is March 2023 now. And in November 2022, I decided to start this so-called winter sleep. First of all, where did it come from? Um, I decided to take a little break from my corporate job that I was in for all kinds of reasons. But I think what is interesting here is that this really, really was a value principle-based decision. So from the moment that I knew it was in my whole body, I didn't really think about it. I just decided it's time to leave. Um, many people around me said, were you not scared? Was this really what you wanted to do? And there was just a deep knowing, uh, which was what they often call a whole body knowing, that this was what I had to do. Because I'm also a rational person, I gave myself about a week to see if my mind would catch up with the rest of my body. But what I really learned uh, in the past years is that 90% of all the signals that are going to our brain are actually coming from below, from our gut. They are going up. So in our nervous system, it goes 90% of the signals actually go up from the body up to the brain instead of from the brain to the body. So although we often think that it's actually our brain, our head, that is deciding what is happening with your whole body, it actually is the other way around. So there's different nervous systems, centers, different centers in the body that gives a lot of information and wisdom to the head. And that's when we decide to start doing things. So that's what happened with me as well, I think. Looking back, we can always make beautiful stories, but that's what happened with me. I got this absolute gut feeling. I felt in my whole body that it was time to step out. And I gave my head about a week, no, exactly a week time to catch up with that. And I said, I will decide Friday morning uh, uh, if this is indeed the decision that I will take. And uh, that Friday morning, I just woke up. I was not scared. I was not nervous. I just knew, yep, head is now there as well. So I gave my head a bit of time and I knew what to do, call the right people, etc., etc. Obviously, afterwards, I did freak out a bit. Because don't be mistaken, it is scary to just give up a really good, fun, amazing corporate job, especially because I had no clue what I would be doing afterwards. 
And so giving this up means that I stepped outside of my comfort zone. And what do we do when we're outside of our comfort zone? Our voices, our negative voices, our saboteurs, our habits that we're not necessarily happy about, they all pop up right away. So that was the moment when I called my amazing coach, Pilar, and asked her, oh my God, this is what I did. I'm getting all the support for my family, from the people around me, but I'm freaking out. Did I take the wrong decision? And she just looked at me and said, wait a minute, you just stepped out of your comfort zone. So it's absolutely normal to be feeling these kind of things. So by normalizing the stories that I was telling myself, by normalizing that I was freaking out, it already calmed me down. And since then, that freaking out about this didn't come back that way. More than enough other freaking out moments, but I'll tell you more about that. So that was the moment when I knew I'm going to step back and I thought, okay, so what's next? And again, a very intuitive thing. What happened to me was then I thought, okay, look at the season where we're in. I love the idea of honoring the seasons. I love the seasons anyway. Um, and they're there for a reason. So I thought, okay, let's go back to my nature again. It's November. As of November, I will be stepping out of this corporate job. So that might be an amazing moment to just say winter. It's winter time. And what do you do in winter time? You sleep. You sleep. You go into your little, little cozy corner. You get your nuts. You're collecting everything that you need and you just hibernate. And it just felt that that was what I needed. So I started uh, to call it a winter sleep and that really resonated with me in many different ways. And also with the people around me, they were like, okay, I get you. Then I also don't have to ask what's going to do, what you're going to do next, because we're all so trained to look at what you're going to do next right away. But there were many people also in my corporate environment who just looked at me and said, amazing, good for you. And please take that time in between because before you know it, you're back in the rat race again. So I think my main driver was, first of all, I wanted to rest. I really needed to rest. And secondly, I wanted to be an intentional choice, what I was going to do next. So I didn't want to rush into the next step. I really wanted to be clear that it was aligned with my purpose, that it was aligned with what I believe that I'm here to do and what I get most joy out of it. So I needed time for that. So that was the whole start of the winter sleep. And although it sounds very romantic, maybe uh, for some people, it does sound very romantic or very relaxing. I was also very committed to, to do my own growth and personal development work. I'm a coach, right? So that is what I really, really love uh, helping and supporting other people's with other people with. But when it comes to myself, um, I'm all about practicing what you preach, but it's also hard. So I did a lot of different things there. Um, so it was not always easy. I, I really wanted to look at some things at my past. I wanted to deal with some triggers that I have. Um, I wanted to change some habits that I have. Um, so I was, it was still, um, although a winter sleep sounds very relaxing. Let me give you a very concrete example. Um, I said, I want to rest and I, I need to rest. I felt my body was tired, so I needed to rest. 
But resting, if you're always in an overdrive, if you're always doing things, is not easy at all. So I noticed this by just sitting on the couch with no agenda, I became very, very restless and I just needed to do things. So not doing anything and actually resting turned out to be a real challenge for me. And with that, I come to my main lessons right away. And I have four. There's many, many more, but four that I would like to share here with you. And the first one is doing nothing is not easy in a world where being busy is a badge of honor. It is deeply ingrained in me and I dare to say also in Western society to do things. But I was reminded again that we are human beings and not human doings. So in order to really notice and be aware that you're doing the things that are actually aligned with you, aligned with your desires, aligned with your values, aligned with your purpose, aligned with what you're up to, uh, in order to do so, you first need to distinguish what it is to do nothing and then start moving from a place of, yeah, this is what I really want to do. Let me give you again a concrete example. I am a sport junkie. I love to run. I love to bike. I love to move my body. Gives me a lot of positive energy. And yet in our world, and all, and especially in my world, let's keep it personal. In my world, um, it is also applauded and appreciated if you do all those things. And it can also be a way to move away from my restlessness. So I noticed that every time when I was sitting on the couch and I was feeling bored or restless, that I thought, okay, I'm just going to do a workout. That's always good, right? Then I'm doing the right things. Um, but that's a very different motivator to do my workout if I'm doing it from that place than if I really can say I'm now doing a workout because this is what my body or my soul or my head now needs because my head needs to calm down or my soul just wants to feel the fire or my desire is now just to uh, burn and create some energy. That is very different than one just supposed to be exercising. So distinguishing those those different kind of feelings, those different kind of energies really, really helped me in making more intentional and deliberate choices. And now being able to choose more from a place of joy and abundance instead of from a place of lack and being afraid of not choosing the right thing. So what I did, I developed my own little routine. Um, so I really know that in the morning, I, oh, I always meditate in the morning. Um, and I know this can sound a bit obnoxious or, or too much as in, oh, this, this big routine around meditation. I just sit on a pillow in the morning. Let's not make it any bigger than that. I put on music, sit on a pillow and I meditate. And I have days where it's heavenly and it's days where it's horror, where I'm just looking at the phone all the time if my minutes are over already. Um, but I'm learning about myself while doing that. So. My little routine is I meditate in the morning, early in the morning, before the whole family gets up, because that just works for me. I'm more of a morning person, so everybody needs to find their own routine. And when everybody was out of the house, where the hustle and buzz, etc. was gone, and I was with my own energy again, I turn on some good music, get a cup of tea, 
Um, and I just wrote. I've been journaling every day, uh, sometimes even more times a day uh, when things got really restless. And I um, and I wrote and I use my planner. Um, and I have something interesting to say about that, about that planner, but let me not jump from one place to the other. Let's stay first. I wrote, so journaling, journaling, uh, listen to music and drink my cup of tea. When everything was out with the writing, I would just sit for, sometimes it was one minute, sometimes it was half an hour. I, I um, just allowed myself to... Go with the flow there and go with the flow also is a difficult expression, but I, I'll get back to that later. I, um, so I let that happen. And then from that place, I decided what's next. And in my first days, this was really, really, really hard. I was not able to choose from a place of, okay, what do I really want to do next? So I just, I didn't know how to do it anymore. Where as a kid, you still know, okay, I'm now going to do left. I'm now going to go right. I'm now going to play. I'm now going to jump or whatever, because you just follow your gut and you follow your own desires. Um, I have uh, unlearned myself that. And this was, um, uh, this was hard to start distinguishing that as well. So I think in the first two, three weeks, I maybe had two days that I was able to really follow my own flow. But doing nothing was an absolutely essential uh, starting point for that. So what I also noticed, and then I come to my second lesson, what I also noticed is that my energy was very, very low. And for the people who know me, and you might also hear this on the podcast, my energy levels normally are very high. Uh, I can easily do a lot of things and get a lot of things done with little effort. So I have a lot of energy, just blessed, just genetically. Um, and my energy levels in the beginning were very, very low. I really feel that I felt that I wanted to hibernate. I wanted to be alone. I canceled all kind of me lunch and coffees and everybody who wanted to do that. And <laughs> if you did get a cancellation from my side, it was absolutely not about you, but it was me honoring uh, that feeling, what I normally never, ever did, that I needed to be on my own and I didn't have the energy to meet people. And in the beginning, I was really, really worried that this would never come back again. It felt as if I opened a door that I was not going to be able to close anymore. Um, so I decided to trust that, falling back up again and and obviously I was not always confident about this but I I decided to to follow this and what I noticed and that's my second lesson energy does come back again really so it took me a while but beginning of January mid-January I mean the holidays in between also didn't help but mid-January I dare to say beginning of January I dare to say that my energy levels were slowly going back again not all the time but I could definitely uh, feel days again where where I had bursts of energy and creativity again so it does really come back again if you dare to trust it um, and you will also recognize it right away because at one point I um I did recognize, ah, now I feel like having a coffee again or meeting somebody for lunch. Still carefully, 
uh, not full on. And I could also notice if it had been too much and then um, I would scale down again. So this is not about being sick or, or, or having issues or problems. This, is, this really was about me learning and honoring what my, my own, if I would skip the conditioning, if it would, would peel off everything that is expected of me, if I would peel that off, what would then happen? Uh, and what kind of choices would I then make? I was really, really curious about that. How strong is my conditioning? How strong is me following what is expected of me? And what happens when I dare to drop that? And do I then uh, dare to trust what comes up there? And that that was something that I, I really had to learn and I'm still learning. Uh, lesson number three is you or I, but I would say if I can do it, anybody can do it. I can handle emotions. And what I really um, very often see in my uh, coaching practice is that emotions are not something that we are familiar with or that we allow to be there, especially not in uh, top leadership positions, executive uh, positions. Uh, we are learned to be really rational and not use our emotions. Also myself, that has been a process for the past years for me already. But again, I wanted to go a couple of layers deeper here. And again, I have learned that I can handle any kind of emotion. And what I always find very interesting, the emotion is not hard. If we are able to um, familiarize ourselves with the emotion, the emotion as such only takes 90 seconds to move through our body. So we only need 90 seconds to have the emotion go through us and to deal with it as such. However, because we link stories to them and we stay with the story instead of with the sensation in our body, that's when things become really complicated because then our mind takes over. So I am really talking here about the emotion. If we're able to deal with the emotion, have it come through our body and use it as the data point that it actually is, with that we can release it again as well and there's no story needed for it anymore. And that allowing those emotions, those sensations to be there and observing them, observing and exploring them is scary. And it, and it, uh, it, it costs a lot more energy to stay in the head and keep on going around the stories. So detaching the story from the emotion is really, really worth it. And that way you can really deal with the emotion. Um, have it gone through you um, and and let it go and release it uh, so it's a it's a scary and a hard process but it's so much more um, it's so much more empowering than staying with the story of an emotion so I do want to say about this you don't have to do these kind of things alone there is professional help for this coaches therapists friends, your support network, really dive into this. Uh, but it's very, very worthwhile to release those emotions. And it can be really old emotions as well that you were not even aware of, but they can still hinder you because your body is still responding in a certain way. So my third lesson, I can, and with that, you can handle emotions. Just detach the emotion from the story and then deal with it. Obviously, that sounds very easy now, 
But what I'm trying to say is that you can take control of your emotions, not by running away from it, but by actually facing them. Lesson number four. Creativity does not come on demand. And all of these lessons are uh, open doors, or that's an expression in Dutch, I would say. I'm not sure if that's in English, but they are very obvious. Let's say it that way. Um, They're very obvious. It doesn't come on demand. But if you think about your own working pattern, um, we very often think that productivity and creativity does come on demand, either because we say we work from nine till five or we work from eight till eight. And that's the moment where creativity comes in and it has to come that way. Or our energy levels are, we act as if our energy levels and with that, our ability for creating are always the same. And with that, we expect to work as machines, as robots. But we're not robots. We're not machines. So by honoring your own flow, by honoring your own needs and desires, you can also honor your creativity a lot more. And what I have really learned is scary as hell to let go of this constant creating, this constant producing. But once I do so, I I almost only need one hour where I am on fire and I create so much and so much comes out of me almost automatically. I, I was talking to a very close friend the other day and I've been sharing some of the poems that I've been writing in the in the past months and um and I was reading those poems and and obviously I'm very self-conscious when I read that, etc. And not so confident yet about all of that. But when I read them, I actually thought, this cannot be true that I wrote that. I they just came out of me. And um and and that is when I really start creating from my own source instead of it's nine to five and now you have to create. But when I really started to create it from now I'm ready to create, now I can do it. I noticed that the things came out of me. A, they came a lot easier. B, they surprised me so much more. So it was so much more creative. Um, uh, and C, it didn't cost me any effort. Um, I could just go on and on and on. And I, I would also feel now it's done. Now it's finished. It's over with this. Um, so creativity does not come on demand, but it's, um, beautiful process if you allow it to be there and and just to be really clear when I talk about creativity this is not only for artists I'm not an artist at all with creativity I mean the whole process of creating something Uh, and everybody does that in their own way so you can also call it productivity Um, uh, not saying that creativity and productivity is the same way but for me it works that in order to produce things I also uh, I need this energy of creating I need this energy of creativity I think all in all those as my my four main lessons I think all in all um, the big red thread through my whole winter sleep was honoring myself and in order to be able to do so, I, I had to learn how to distinguish the conditions, habits and behaviors, conditions and learned habits and behaviors and distinguish them from the behavior that really comes from my own needs and from my own desires. And obviously there's a whole world behind it because it also means that you need to start allowing yourself to be, have those needs there, et cetera. Et cetera. There, there's a whole, different show that I could do around that. But I think learning to distinguish 
your conditioned and learned habits and behaviors um, from the real habits and behaviors that come from your own desire, that is such a freeing practice. And I think that was the the main thread in my uh, in my winter sleep. Um, and at one point, I just noticed that I started creating again. So people ask me, how did you know, how do you know that your winter sleep is over? Um, and well, spring is coming, so it's a natural moment, but I started a little bit earlier already. And at one point I just noticed I started creating again. My energy was coming back and, and not from a place of lack from, oh, I have to do this because otherwise I won't earn any money or otherwise I, I'm not being seen as successful. I'm not achieving, but it really came from a place of abundance, not all the time. But slowly but surely that came, uh, came back. And, and that is when I knew that I was ready to face the world again and, and go out. And now that I am able to notice a lot better what it is that I need and what is coming from my own desires and what is coming from my own flow and what is coming from, from external expectations. Now that I am able to distinguish those two things better, I can also choose to retreat a little bit more and say, okay, I need, uh, I now notice I need a little bit more on my own again. And, and, and now I, yes, I can take on a little bit more. And this is different for everybody. Uh, so it depends on your personality type. It depends on the work that you have done. It depends on your, on, on many, many, many things. So this is by no means a recipe for, for everybody. And to say the people who don't know me so well, they might see, say that didn't uh, look like a winter sleep at all. But the people who are really close to me. They did definitely see the difference in my energy level in how conscious I was about making choices. So I now know that I can pull back again. I can be more playful. I can be more uh, uh, soft. I can be softer and more loving towards myself. Um, and I would really like to keep this playfulness in when I am launching my new business, because there is a new business coming. And, um, I, I'm taking all those lessons and that whole experience and that creative playfulness. I'm taking that with me. So I really hope that this was in some way or form uh, helpful for you and uh, it might inspire you to be a bit more mindful about what is coming from yourself from your deepest desires and what is really coming from the external expectations or maybe even the expectations that you have and you put on yourself and I believe that by being mindful and conscious about these kind of learning processes um, we can bring in more soul into life. So thank you very much for being here with me. And please send me any questions that you have. Uh, and I'm more than happy to share you more about this.